welcome to the podcast for St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church, a loving, caring, overcoming community of faith where our mission is making disciples of Jesus Christ. Good afternoon and welcome to St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church weekly podcast where each week we have a little bit of fun and talk about the previous sermon from the last Sunday. How are you doing today, DA? Uh, Josh, I'm doing great. I sit here wondering because, I, you know, again, if y'all don't know, Josh had a background in uh, radio back when he got out of college. A long time ago. And uh, I listen to that radio station now and it's like... You know, should we have a bumper? Isn't that what they call it? A, yeah, yeah, a yeah, bumper. bumper to intro us with some music. And, I think so. You know, do we need to have some kind of, you know, catchy, you know, like Total Dominance Hour? You know, the dynamic something. I just, just wondering. Something we yeah. uh, maybe Jeff can come up with something say, for next week. We'll create something <laughs> difficult for Jeff to come up with. Jeff, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. <laughs> Before we had that conversation, jotting, yeah. jotting down some notes here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but no, I'm doing great. It's a you know fabulous day. It was a great sermon topic. You know, excited to get back into this one, and you know, thank you for all you guys joining us today as well. Yeah, we heard a lot of good feedback on the sermon. So, you know, I mean, I, your first at bat, it's a good you know come up with a home run. Yeah, like I hope that. I didn't set the bar too high now. <laughs> 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 Give everyone high expectations now, and then uh, really disappoint later on down the road. So one of the things we do on the podcast is we give people a little bit of peek behind the veil. And one of the things I know was when you came in and uh, it's like, okay, here's the series and here's what we're going to do. And we were going to end the series this past Sunday. I, of course, was supposed to be on vacation. Uh, and it's like, well, you know, you're, we're going to preach this. And then you came in and said, well, you know, I'm reading this. Can we do something different. So give us, you know, what was it that spoke to you about that passage? In yeah, Acts? so uh, Acts 5.32 is one of my favorite passages just because it's so clear the connection between obedience and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Uh-huh. And so it's a passage that I've kind of held with me for a while. Um, just the sheer fact that I've struggled with obediently following God when I've sensed him to, when I sense he's calling me to go have this conversation or to do this. And, and I, I come up with excuses why not to and lack of confidence or fear or any of those things. And so it's a passage that I've really tried to hold on to because it, it kind of encourages me that, you know, obedience is, is really important. So, you know, as we were th- walking through Acts and uh, I, I saw that the we were we were jumping to Acts chapter 6, which is what I'll be preaching on this right, Sunday. Right. Um, I just yeah. thought, man, when... Shameless plug, Josh is preaching again this Sunday. <laughs> right. I just thought, man, we're like, when we're thinking about the creation of the church right. and, and the, the important aspect of being the body of Christ, I just felt like, man, uh, the idea, you know, I know we've already talked about the Holy Spirit uh, when we opened the series, but I just felt like, man, uh, obedience is so important in defining who we are as followers of Christ. I just felt like it would be a good topic to to hit on within this series. And and again, that, that really is the critical element of the creation of the church is now God has manifested his presence known and his power known through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we, we talked about how when we receive Christ, because, you know, we talk about to become a Christian, you have to profess your faith, you receive Christ. But when we receive Christ, 
we also receive the Holy Spirit. Right. I mean, you know, the, the Trinity, and, and there's mystery about the Trinity we don't understand, but Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we receive Christ, we get all that. It's not right. like right. that, and you just had a great illustration, and, and maybe we'll talk more about that later. Yeah. But uh, Well, and I think one reason, I think sometimes we hesitate to talk too much about obedience because we don't want to err on the side of legalism. Right. Right. We don't want it to seem like, okay, you have to do X, Y, and Z as a Christian um, in order to, to receive salvation or in order to receive God's love. And so I think sometimes we err on the other side of it rather than say, no, we are called to be obedient and it's in response to God's love, right. not in order to receive God's love. And I think that's the huge distinction from legalism and feeling like, man, if I don't do these things, God's mad at me and I'm a terrible person versus no, God has loved me. has already given me that love. Jesus has already died for my sins. And in response, I obediently follow him. And I think there's a huge distinction there. And um, so it's just, it's, it's a, it's a topic that I love discussing and, and preaching on. Right. And I mean, even hearing you say that again, the same thought that went through my head while you were preaching in the 815 service went through. <coughs> Excuse me, you talk. I'm going to get a drink. All call, right. Call. Yeah, yeah. So uh, one of the first points I talked about after sharing the story of Eli and body surfing and being frustrated because he couldn't replicate a, a feeling that he had or an experience he had was that stirring up the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives doesn't come from trying to duplicate a moment, but from obediently following Jesus right now. And I think sometimes we get caught up in the feelings of things and feeling like, well, I don't feel God um, and I want to, to replicate this experience that I had. And as a result, we miss out on what God has for us right now. And, and it's, it's so, it becomes a formula. Uh, I really experienced God's power at this point in my life. I did A, I did B, I did C, and I experienced God's power. And when you're talking about Eli on the, the boogie board and all that, I'm like, we see that all the time in the church and primarily yep. the place that I have experienced it has been working with students yeah. when they go to camp. Yeah. Um, and they, uh, you know, both of us have a history in day spring. I have a history in day spring. You actually have a present <laughs> in, in day spring and just seeing how so many young lives have been powerfully touched at camp. It's easy to, experience that at camp and, and what I mean by that is whenever people are taken out of the normal surroundings and normal distractions and normal temptations and put in a, a community where people are really focused on God, it becomes easier to experience God's yeah, presence absolutely. in that place. People are praying for you, uh, all that happens. But how often have you seen a student that says, I just want to go back to Dayspring yeah. and get that same experience again. Yeah, because the what ends up happening is we either become mad at God because we don't feel him or experience him here the way we did at camp or wherever, right. or we feel like there's something wrong with us. What's wrong with me now that I can't feel a certain way like I did? And, and we wrap up so much of our faith in feelings, and feelings aren't the only evidence for God. Right. Um, and when we make it about the feelings, I mean, if, if we always felt God, and if that's all it was about, there wouldn't be a need for faith. I, I was going to say, we don't live by faith if we're living by feeling. Right. And feelings can also, I mean, they can mislead us. They can misguide us. They, mm -hmm. they aren't always a Reliable. good measuring stick right. or barometer for 
the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the work of God in our lives. And so um, it's not that feelings are bad, um, but uh, if, if, if we make it all about the feelings, then um, we're, we're going to miss out on a lot. And we're going to, I think at times, we're going to mislead ourselves by, you know, trusting our heart. And our heart at times can can lie to us. I, I've seen, and again, I think a day spring a lot on this, and I think primarily the high school graduates because uh, some of the camps you can go to, but once you graduate from high school, you can't go back. Day right. springs an exception. We have specific ministry for high school graduates, uh, hopefully prepping them in some way for what they might experience when they go to university if they choose to do that. Some, of course, join the military. Some go right into the workforce. But I, over the years in, in my history, you'd see somebody graduate. They've gone to day spring for years. They're so fired up. But when they go to college, they no longer have that same reputation they had before. Right. People, and you know, when they go to college, it's like nobody there cares what you did when you were in high school. Right. That's, that's not important. And as a consequence, they give in to temptations. And they realize what has happened is there has been a lack of obedience in my life. I am not living the way God would truly desire for me to live and be blessed and prosper. Uh, if I can just recreate that experience. Right. Yeah. If I can just go back to that moment, all will be right. Right. And so the the thing that was going through my mind before I was coughing and, and even as you said it again, is that whole idea that Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey me right and when you put it like that obedience does not become uh, checking off the boxes checking the list it becomes a response to how i want to to live i i, I can sing about my praise i can sing about my love but obedience if i really love jesus i will be obedient. And I loved how you, you brought that up in the sermon because I'm sitting there going, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, there it is. He <laughs> right, said it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jesus said it himself. And so um, I, I think it's so, so important. One of the things that I said, um, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, is that the early church didn't just know Jesus as Savior and Messiah, but understood him to be Lord as well. What does right. that actually mean? When you think about that, you know, I talked about what it meant for me and, and stuff and, um, and, and its connection to obedience. But what do you think about? What, what are your thoughts on that? When I, I remember when I was doing campus ministry, there was a very popular phrase that students used. I don't hear it as much anymore, probably because all those college students are now in their 40s and having their own high school kids. But the, the, the statement was, you're not the boss of me. And whenever I think of Jesus as Lord, and I love it, Jeff's over there nodding his head and smiling. He, he understands and remembers that phrase, uh, is if Jesus is my Lord, Jesus is the boss of me. Right. When, when I surrender, I, he doesn't just want to save me from my sin. He, he has planned that we have life and we have life to the full or abundant life, whatever your translation reads. Uh, because when we live in obedience, he knows what's best for us to have and experience that abundant life. One of the things that I think is we have in our culture this you know, wonderful idea of American independence, right? The, 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 the freedom we have. And as a result of that, uh, in our culture, one of the thoughts is nobody's the boss of me. 
therefore it's hard for me to translate that. What what do you mean Jesus is the boss of me? Right. Now. Well, and I think that in our culture today and, and maybe this is more of the younger generations, but I think there is a huge mistrust of the institution of institutions and in the church becomes a part of that. And so when there's a huge mistrust of the church, um, it it becomes a huge hurdle for, for many to think of Jesus as Lord because of that idea of, well, I'm my own boss. I can do what I want. No one can tell me what to do. Um, and it, it, I think sometimes it comes from that huge mistrust that they have of just the institution of the church. And, and the question that I have, it, you know, if, if as an American and as a Christian, you know, I'm taught to be independent, but I'm taught to obey Christ. The, the struggle that people have, one of the questions that I have, maybe you have an answer for this, is have we see people that really model what it means to submit to the lordship of Christ and live a life of obedience as an expression of our gratitude? How often do we see a role model of that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I don't think that there's a ton of them. I mean, I can think of, like, within international ministry at uh, the Wesley. Right, you I've did served, a lot of international ministry. You had students who, uh, I mean, they, a total transformation of their lives and a complete surrendering of their lives and a complete change in direction of, of um, how they were living and what they were wanting to do with their lives. And um, I, I think we still are seeing that. Um, but I don't think it's at the rate of which um, we would probably hope to see it. And I know it's, a, it, I mean, it's a struggle in my own life. Sure. Um, we get, we love comfort. We, you know, we have idols um, mm-hmm. in our lives. Some of them um, we maybe don't think of as idols. Uh, family, um, for it, me, it I think can be an idol. Be, Absolutely. My, my children can be an idol and, and I can elevate them and their needs or not their needs, but their wants and desires over what's best and what God's calling my family to. Um, and, and so it, it's a hard balance. It's hard not to have those idols that we elevate above God. And, and it sounds crazy to say, well, family and children can be that, but I think at times it, it can, it's not always, right. it's not always drunkenness and all the other things that we think of when we think of checking idols. the boxes. Yeah. Right. Don't do this. Don't do that. Right. Yeah. So in, in your life, is there someone that, you know, who really models for you what it means to be obedient and, and I guess with that, part of what my thought is, is I will be obedient to what God's calling me to do because I don't really want to do this. Is, is Do you have anybody that's a role model or an example you can think of? Yeah, I mean, I can think of throughout the years, um, j- just here in Oklahoma and my relationships that I've had with certain, at the time, friends that have they're still friends, but now they're pastors in Oklahoma. Right. And I've seen some of the sacrifice that they've made and their commitment to obediently following Jesus. And and sometimes I look at that and I go, you know, I think, man, is that really what you, you're wanting to do? Uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, and yet they know that it's what God's calling them to do, and they're obediently doing that. Mm-hmm. And so I can't think of a, a specific example or person at the moment, but I do know that you know, with the circle of people that I run with, um, I, I do look at them um, in that way and, and recognizing and understanding that, uh, that they've all um, at times sacrificed maybe some of their own wants or desires or hopes or dreams in order to follow the call that God had put on their lives. Right. And that's, I mean, that's, that's uh, pretty inspirational and, and encouraging. I, I can think of people I've known that have done that. Um, I remember 
gosh, back in the 90s reading Sports Illustrated, I used to subscribe to Sports Illustrated, and there was a, a feature story on a guy that played, I think he was the center on the Boston College football team. You don't see feature stories on guys that play center. Right. It's the guys they hand the ball to. And uh, they talked about he's a great player, he's going to play in the NFL, you know, all this stuff they projected him for. They said, but NFL teams have to beware because um, he really feels a call to the priesthood. And, you know, I'm sitting there as a young pastor going, bro, go to the league. Go get that paycheck. <laughs> go to the league. Uh, you know, do all that. You, you can be a powerful influence in the lives of others coming out of the league and being a priest. And, you know, of course, the contradiction is uh, professional athletes are paid well and priests take a vow of poverty. Uh, right. But, you know, I remember thinking – how much more inspirational is it to walk away from all the potential fame and fortune? And and as I'm thinking of this thought, you know, and this is not just a uh, toot your horn, but really that's kind of what you experienced when you were being called to ministry. You know, you had your plan for communications. You were employed right. by a radio station. And I would bet when you told people, you know, God's calling me to do this, there were people who thought, yeah, Josh, dude. You're nuts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think to a certain extent, I was still y- like young enough that I. Ha- it's not like I had experienced a ton of success in sports radio at that point. Um, you know, I was a-, a board op and an intern, and I got some on air time. But I, it wasn't like I had a huge amount of success, and I was walking away from a a, a contract or yeah. a, a, a a big job opportunity. Um, so I think I experienced a little bit in some ways. Your, your it was, foot was in the door. My that, foot that's was my absolutely point. in the door, yeah. and I was enjoying it, but I felt empty, and I knew that there was something greater that God was calling me to that I had been walking away from and not being obedient to. I mean, part of my call is I felt called into ministry in my the summer before my junior year of high school. Uh-huh. And it wasn't until my last semester at OU that I obediently surrendered. Okay, so, so yeah, there we go. You got a five-year That struggle period. of obedience. Yeah, that five-year period in my life where I knew that I knew that I knew God was calling me to something. And, and I was... My disobedience wasn't going out and drugs and drinking and partying and, and any of that. I was still going to church. I was still volunteering, not volunteering, ministering. No, back then in that church, you probably yeah. were vol- Helping in the youth group. I mean, I was still active in the church all the while being completely disobedient to who God was calling me to be. Um, and so... Um, well, and, and, and let, let's address that, because, and, and I'm not trying to let you off the hook, but my guess is you were walking faithfully in relationship to Christ. You're going to church, you're reading the Word, you're serving, you're, you're worshiping. I was checking all the boxes. You're, you're doing all those things, but the what God wanted for your life is not what God wanted for everybody else. Right. It's, here's what I want from you, Josh. And at that point, and, and this was another thing you said in the sermon, is... Is he really going to be the Lord? Because if he's Lord, part of what that means is I have to yield to his authority. Yeah, yeah. And and for sure, I mean, while I was checking the boxes, I was not honoring God's authority with my obedience. And that's one of the things that you know I talked about yesterday is our obedience to God honors that authority, right? right. In James, it says, don't just listen, <clears throat> don't just hear the word of God, but actually do it, live it mm-hmm. out. And I was, I mean, I was reading the Bible. I was studying the Bible. I was going to church. I was worshiping. But on the flip side, I wasn't honoring God's 
authority with my obedience. I knew he was calling me to go into ministry and I was not doing that. And so as a result, I mean, I wasn't honoring God or his authority. I was saying, oh yeah, God, this is a great passage. That's a great idea in, in theory, but in practice, I'm not really ready to live that out yet. And, and, and I'm just feeling a, a sense right now, and I may be off base. Maybe somebody's watching and the reality is uh, you're feeling like God is calling you to do something, and maybe you felt this call for years, and maybe it's a new call, or maybe you're praying for somebody or with someone who said, man, I think God wants me to do something with my life. You, you need to know when God calls, God doesn't call everybody to do what Josh and I do. Right. Uh, I mean, I, Jeff, you can, you can testify to that. I mean, you're using your gifts and your service to advance Christ and the mission of the church, but it's probably not you know anything like you 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 have specific knowledge but you didn't have to go to school like we did to, oh, be, to be able to do this absolutely i don't think anybody wants me behind a pulpit <laughs> uh, well that wasn't we, my point we, 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 <laughs> i get ran out of the church very quick but no yeah uh each person is, uh, has their own spiritual gifts that they're gifted with and and god knows those gifts because he gave you those gifts and uh if he's calling you uh, with those gifts to help further his kingdom and and to help spread the word listen listen to heed and, and you know answer the call and, yeah and i think it, it highlights the fact that like we're one body with many parts right we, we can't all serve the same role and do the same thing we're called to different things and it i think it also highlights your your understanding that we're all called to be ministers we're all ministers right yeah and 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 again that's not just to prove a point that we think is a good idea i mean if you're struggling with call to ministry and i got sidetracked i sidetracked myself i don't know if y'all did that right. <laughs> but but part of the thought is uh almost all of us when god calls us to do something i think many times our first response is denial and uh then when we're certain well no, this is undeniable. Then the question of obedience yeah, comes and, in. And I think for me, I tried to make excuses in my disobedience because I saw myself as a good person. Mm -hmm. Right? I, I just thought, well, following Jesus is about being a good person. It's I'm not necessarily following Jesus, but I'm following the rules. I'm a good person. Um, and, and it's living a life of obedience and obediently following Jesus is so much more than following the rules, checking off the lists. Um, and being a good person, it's it's much more. It's it's the core of who we are. It's our heart, right? Um, and where is our heart? Where does our heart lie? Um, and so, um, and, and that gets really to the next point of why I say obedience to God is so important because it it shows our love yeah. for God. If you love me, you will yeah. obey and, me. And there's a couple of things that I, I didn't have time for Sunday to share. Uh, but my professor in seminary, one of them, he would always say that God would rather have your obedience than your worship. He would rather have your obedience than your worship. And he, he wasn't saying that to say God um, doesn't like God absolutely deserves our worship. He's the only thing worth mm -hmm. worshiping. Um, but what he was trying to emphasize, and it comes from uh, Isaiah chapter 1, as God is, is talking, it says, um, God says, I am sick of your burnt offerings and sacrifices, right? I'm sick of your mm -hmm. worship, and yet your hearts are far from me. Learn to do good, seek justice, help the oppressed, defend the cause of orphans, fight for the rights of widows, right? It, it, the worship doesn't mean anything if the obedience to who God's calling us to be and what God's calling us to do doesn't follow. 
if worship isn't an outpour of that obedience, then it's kind of meaningless acts and meaningless words. And so it's not that worship isn't important. It's just that obedience is such an important aspect of who we are in order to show our love for God. I'm, I'm really glad you shared that scripture because, you know, I've been to seminary, I've read the Bible, I hear those statements, and I'm like, okay, it sounds good, but now I've got to analyze it. Right. And and one of the things that I find myself thinking, and, and this is not to contradict what was said, but obedience, I think, is a way that we worship God. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Uh, and what God is— We see that is, in Romans 12. Right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. You, you better explain that. <laughs> I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> to— uh, I. I I'm going to mess it up. I was going to say, that's why I wanted you to explain it, because I was going to mess it up. Let me pull it out, because I don't want to misquote Scripture. You're you're going new school. Jeff is over there going old school. Yeah, I don't want to misquote Scripture. 12-1 and and 2, is that what you're uh thinking? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, So, so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Yeah. Worshiping him in our obedience. Worship is not just singing songs and listening to a sermon and offering a prayer. It really has to do with, you know, how how that faith that we profess gets put in action. And, you know, I, I'm going to say sometimes I've been obedient to God, but I have been a complete and utter failure. <laughs> and I, God says do it. You know, sometimes I'm just one of those guys that says, okay, boom, and then I do it, and I really mess it up. Right. And I think that's because God's saying, well, you know, engage that brain I gave you. Think through this stuff (laughs) a a little bit. But, um, you know, as we said earlier, if if we love Christ, we do what Christ says to do. Yeah, absolutely. And And I close, so I close Sunday with this object lesson, and I went back and forth on whether whether I was going to do it or not. Um, I just wasn't for sure how it would play out in the sanctuary. Um, I, I just didn't know, and, and so I went back and forth throughout the week, and ultimately I decided to do it. And what it what it was is it's just trying to emphasize the importance of obedience in our life, where you, know, you you've got milk, and then you've got the syrup that you pour in it, right. and it's chocolate not syrup. it's not chocolate milk until you actually stir it. And you know we experience forgiveness at salvation when we choose to follow Jesus. We repent of our sins. We experience forgiveness. We become you know our, our sins are gone. We're as white as snow or as milk. <laughs> milk. And and but we're also given the Holy Spirit at our salvation. The Holy Spirit comes to live in us, um, but we don't always experience the full power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And and I think a lot of times it's because. Not until we stir up the Holy Spirit in our lives through obedience that we experience that. And so um, it, it's it's a cool object lesson to tie into things, but I really wasn't for sure whether I should should do it or not. And I, I've heard a lot of good feedback, so I'm glad I, I'm glad I'm, I did. I'm really glad you did it because that's what spoke the loudest to me because I, I am looking at this. And you know, I, I love chocolate milk. And I'm a tightwad, so I make my own chocolate right, milk. I, right. I don't just buy chocolate. I mean, occasionally, if we want to spoil the kids at Christmas, we buy, you know, chocolate milk. <laughs> right. But when I mix chocolate milk, I can still look in that glass, and even though it's fully chocolate milk, I can still see places where the chocolate and the milk have not merged together. Right. Uh, you know, little white streaks or whatever. And, and that's some, when you get the spoon out. And- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's like you know, but. But that's how I want my life to be. I want my life to be so saturated, so permeated, so bonded with God's power uh, that it's it's chocolate milk, if right. you will. It ch- you know, I want it to change every aspect of who I am. 
Um, I want the Holy Spirit to empower me in all areas and to, to come in and cut out the things that need to be cut out. Right. And, um, and, and that's, that comes through the, it doesn't just happen snap of the finger. It comes through a daily obedience of following Jesus and being sanctified. Um, you know, God sanctifying us right. through and, our obedience. And it, it, it doesn't happen all at once, you know, I and, wish it did, you know, it, it, it happens over time. And we have to admit that sometimes we just kind of, take some of that back. God, I know I gave you this, but I need to borrow it back <laughs> right? For, for just a little. And ooh, my milk's not as chocolatey. Now there's need to mix this up a little more. God needs to have more of me in my life. So any closing thoughts you want to share with us today? Uh, no, just that uh, don't let past failures or uh, bad experiences hold you back from trying to obediently follow Jesus today. Um, I think that we can allow those things to hold us back because we think, well, I'm going to mess it up anyways. Uh, I've always do. And and true, yes, we are daily. Even in our obedience, like you said, we're going to mess things up. And it's it's okay. It's okay. God loves us and is... um, is is working through us and so um you know obedience is in my mind it's more of just allowing the holy spirit to work in and through me it's it's not necessarily me doing anything it's god doing the work in and through me Um, and, and so i think that that's so important because we can mess up and then if we allow that to hold us back we're going to miss out on what god has for us very good well friends thank you for tuning in today whether you're watching us live or watching us uh, on demand we're, we're grateful for that as we said earlier josh will be preaching against again this sunday we're continuing this series on creating the church in fact we're going to extend it uh through labor day just as, as we pray and consider what god would have us share we see a lot of good lessons for us to consider uh we would love to have you join us for worship our 8 15 and 10 30 services are both live streamed so those of you that are still being uh, safe and careful during our recovery from the pandemic, we hope you're joining us then. Give us a shout online. Let us know that you're watching. If you're on site, we also squeeze in a third service at 930. So 815s are traditional service, 930, 1050 are more modern services. So glad that you tuned in today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day, a wonderful week. Hey friends, D.A. Bennett, St. Andrews Community United Methodist Church. I want you to know that we are discovering some real blessing and benefit of digital discipleship, but we also want to talk to you about subscribing to our YouTube channel. Again, it's under the church's name and you'll get some different uh, video devotions each day. So if you're looking for another venue, maybe it'll work for you. God bless you.